Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me today for this wonderful part two of the Fox Saints week eight preview is the one and only the man who met the legend himself in his back, ladies and gentlemen, and he looks different than he ever has before. <laughs> Matt Matera with no mustache, no facial hair. What's going on, Matt? Tell us the story here. Well, uh, it was a bit overdue to shave, and uh, my Halloween costume is a character from a show that um, does not have facial hair. So to stick with the, to be as real to the character as I possibly can be, I want to shave early this week so I uh, can get the face a little more tan, the full face and not just the, the upper half. But um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It, it was due for... Uh, a, a change to begin with but hopefully one thing that doesn't change is this win streak <clears throat> that the tampa bay buccaneers are on well look at that segue yeah i was gonna actually say i don't want to be offensive to the old way that you wore your facial hair it was fine i definitely think this is an upgrade i think you're moving yeah. in the right direction let me just say that i just want to be <laughs> transparent with you as we start the show i appreciate uh, also, it also it's another way that we're kind of twinning because i also yeah my facial hair. so yeah we're just Keeping that trend going, which I'm uh, I'm I'm glad about. Uh, everybody's excited for this game, obviously. We are too. Um, we are too. Like honestly, I don't think that the other games have been not exciting or not fun or anything like that that the Bucks have had this season. I just think, uh, especially the last three weeks, you know, everybody's excited. Everybody wants to see them win these games, but it's like, okay, you should win all three of these games, no question. You know, you know, and now I think it's one that. All right, like the the competitive levels back up. Everybody knows, even though the Saints' offense has struggled, this is going to be a good game. I don't think anybody thinks the Bucks are going to blow them out, or well, yeah. some people probably do. But the I, spread is only four and a half, so I think yeah. that speaks a lot to uh, how people are viewing this game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is this is a tricky one with a lot of layers. And yesterday we talked about the Bucks' defense against the Saints' offense. Frankly, the Bucks' defense should be able to win that matchup. Will they? Will they execute? Uh, we don't know. There's still a lot of moving pieces. Uh, every week is kind of a little bit of an adventure with that side of the ball, given the fact that they do have a lot of people out of the lineup. Hopefully we'll get the injury report. Um, probably on. while the show is on. What's that? <laughs> we'll probably get it while the show is on. It usually comes we, between like yeah. four and five. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll get it probably like around 4.30. So on the yeah. show, so we'll read that. We go. We do know some do things live about Saints. Yeah, we'll do a live report. And we know some things about players that have returned for the Saints offense. So we'll talk about um, today too. Uh, return to practice today. So we'll jump into all that. But first, it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius on the Peter Report podcast. Uh, Celsius, it powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I've got the strawberry guava here. What do you have there, Matt? I got the peach mango. Oh, peach mango green mango, tea. Green tea. Okay. Yeah, great, great, great. I don't know if you know this or not, Matt, but we're doing a giveaway right now for Orange Sickle. People can my favorite into, flavor. Yeah. In all honesty, the orange best flavor tastes just like orange soda, but this not one's all the, the uh, orange sickle. So this yeah. one's even better. I don't know if you probably tried that one too. I can't remember. The orange anything orange is that's right. Yeah. The, this Celsius, is anything my, Celsius orange is fantastic. Yeah. And this yeah. one's harder for people to find too. So you can enter the giveaway 
for to win yourself a case of the orangeicle by clicking the link in this YouTube description. You click that link, it's like a two second giveaway. You fill it, you put your name, email, whatever, and you enter the giveaway. It's very very simple giveaway. You can enter the giveaway to win the, yourself a case of orangeicle. If you're looking for other flavors, you can go to Celsius.com. You can click on the banner ads at Peter Report. You can go to Celsius.com, find the banner ad or find the 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 um, locations where Celsius is sold in stores near you, or you can go to Amazon too, and you can do the subscribe and save option and get some Celsius sent straight to you. That's always great stuff as well from our friends over at Celsius. Get to some of the comments here. Badness from John. What a bad take from John. Missed that mustache, Matt. Made the show 10% better. Wow. Thank you, Joseph. Wow. I will Joseph. Uh, I will take that into consideration. Um, yeah. Yeah. May I'll grow it for in December when I head back uh, to the cold weather for a little bit. Josh Q says, anytime you look more, you look less like Austin Gale from BFF, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely gonna sit and send Austin that one. Uh, Michael says, God, Matt is only 12 years old. <laughs> I might start getting like ID'd now at, uh, at bars and stuff like that. We'll see. That's what I was gonna say. You might. It's true. Um, yes, Charlie, we are live right now. This is live. You're watching us. This is happening as we speak. Um, uh, so, yeah. Facial is a good thing, Slim Stank says. Um, Michael wants to know what is the deal with uh, Mark Ingram. He's going to play. The Saints traded for him last night uh, with the Texans. Uh, he's going to play this Sunday. Uh, he already knows the offense, so it should be pretty easy for him to plug into a backup role. Um, you know, and he hasn't done anything much for a little while, but he's still a good, solid player and knowing that scheme. And, and here's the thing about Mark Ingram. He's an energy juice player, and he's going to be yeah. juiced to be back in New Orleans and with a winning team rather than be on the Texans. Anytime you right leave now. the Texans, it's pretty That's much right. an immediate upgrade, <laughs> unless you got trades to Detroit, which that would <laughs> that'd be yeah. pretty insane. At least Detroit does fight hard. But, um, yeah, True. I mean, Ingram, solid backup. I've, obviously, as you just said, knows the system well. Um, Bucks will have to account for him, but overall, like, I don't, I don't think Ingram's going to maybe win the game for the saints. Yeah, I agree. He's not going to, right. But it's a factor. It's a component for sure. Having a good solid backup, especially if the saints want to run the football and, you know, he'll be a factor. He'll get opportunities for sure. Um, you know, here's the thing about this game, Matt, because today we're going to look at it pretty much. If you want to know what the Bucks defense did, against, what we think they're going to do against the Saints offense, you can go listen to Scott and I on yesterday's podcast. Today we're going to focus a ton on when the Bucks have the football. This has not been a great matchup for the Bucs when they have the ball. Uh, they've done some good things defensively. They've turned the ball over too much in pretty much all their matchups with the Saints except for the playoffs, and so as a result – They've lost uh, all those regular season games under Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, so we'll see if they can get on the right track now. But this has not been a good matchup for the Bucks offense. It's not been a particularly productive matchup for Tom Brady. Um, last year in three starts, he averaged 215 yards passing against the Saints. He threw four touchdowns in three games, and he threw five interceptions. Obviously, you watch those games, you know a lot of those interceptions were not his fault, but uh, there was just kind of a general unevenness to the Bucs offense at times last year that was really magnified against the Saints. Even in the playoffs, when they won 30-20, to 20, they only had like 315 yards of offense. Short fields. It was yeah, all about the – that game was all the defense. That was everything mm-hmm. – the, the punch by Winfield, the other force fumbles, the interceptions. That was, that was, that it's crazy to say it because where we are now with, with the Bucs. But um, that game was, I shouldn't say strictly, but it was pretty much one because the defense made plays and the offense had a short field. Yes, they did well in the red zone and, and that was a big difference. But um, the Bucs haven't been, and we'll talk about this obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucs offense playing against the Saints since they've gotten Tom Brady 
have not consistently been able to move the ball down the field for those 70, 75-yard drives. And that's going to be a big factor for this game. When you're playing a Saints team, I, I, I know Jameis is the quarterback, but they haven't turned the ball over a ton as you would expect. So being able mm-hmm. to actually move down the field and not just rely on a short field type of advantage, um, it's going to play a major factor in winning this game on the road. Yeah, I think you're right. That that is kind of been the difference in these games. Arians mentioned it the other day. You know, the short fields, the turnovers. Um, that's been really the difference in this matchup. When the Bucks have been on the wrong side of that, they've lost. When they've been on the right side of it, they've won. Um, I do think the Bucks' offense deserves the disclaimer or the asterisks that this unit has looked way different this year. Even from when they started playing yeah. better at the end of last year, they've looked a lot different this year in terms of their ability to find solutions and their ability to scheme around problems the defenses present for them uh, that was evidenced by a graphic today that was tweeted out i'm sorry i forget who tweeted it out but it basically said that middle of the field open coverages which are more like cover two two high safeties yeah. middle of the field's open they've got that new deep halves you know th- those coverages the bucks have been really good against this year near the top of the league and that was a coverage scheme by the way for example that the saints ran a lot that gave them a lot of issues last year so there already is kind of enough telling the tape to say this is going to be a different looking matchup in that regard at least schematically the bucks will have more answers but that wasn't the only way in which they were foiled against the saints last year they also didn't execute well against the saints there were lots of drops there were lots of poorly run routes there were tons of miscommunication i mean so <laughs> many miscommunications in the in the week 9 loss i mean it was a total mess there were protection errors against the saints who are one of the they don't blitz all the time they blitz around league average map but they yeah. present a ton they of challenges with right. the way they present their fronts it's it's a lot on everybody to communicate when you play the saints yeah, that was actually something that uh, Tom Brady mentioned today, that they're super challenging because they just present so many different packages. And so not only do they have to study so much, but he he also recognized that they're going to see things that the Saints haven't put out on tape this year. I mean, that's just what you do against uh, teams, especially when it's a, you know, a, a divisional opponent, too. And yeah, as you said, the you know, they, they blitz 26 percent of the time. That's 12th most in the league so mm-hmm. getting close to you know it's right around that league average and even just watching um you know the the monday night game where they where they played against the saints and uh, sorry against the seahawks the saints were playing against seattle and you know granted geno smith is the quarterback and a lot of what seattle does is kind of predicated on just having an in- insanely talented quarterback with, with russell wilson but you saw when the saints did decide to blitz it was very calculated. It all went down at the right time, and they were able to get to Smith like very quickly. I'm not saying the, Sa- the Saints only allowed 10 points, so they obviously played well. There were times Seattle was able to move down the field. They missed two uh, field goals in that game. And granted, with the Bucks' offense, you get those third downs. Maybe those turned into touchdowns, and you know we're it's complete. It, it's all hypothetical because they haven't mm-hmm. played yet. But the, yeah, the point I'm trying to make is. Um, and Tom Brady's great against the blitz, but the way the Saints defense is something else that, uh, you know, the Bucs had a test against the Bears last week and clearly passed it easily. Um, this is a, this is a completely different one. Very, still very difficult, but the way that the Saints are uh, so calculated, as I just said, and, and methodical, it, it, it changes mm-hmm. the ball game a lot. Yeah, no, it definitely does that. It's 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 the kind of the perfect storm for an upset team to be like that spoiler team is what the Saints are doing right now. If Jameis right. can keep playing that way, if he doesn't keep playing that way, I think they'd bench him. You know, I think the biggest thing to Jameis 
why he's still starting is because not because of anything really positive he's done, but it's because he hasn't ruined things for them. And that was the concern. Yeah. I think that's why they opted more for Taysom, even though I don't think Taysom was great either. And he did ruin <laughs> things more often than not. They viewed him as kind of a safer option um, as a guy who would just take off and run if he couldn't throw it on a certain play where Jameis is, has forced things before, obviously. Um, but he hasn't this season to his credit. And, you know, on the flip side of that is what you're talking about, like a Bucks or a Saints team that has not beaten themselves. So you kind of got to go out there each week and do it. You know, you kind of have to be, yeah. you can't rely on them. Like you can't have a, you can't do a five turnover game like the Bucks had last yeah. week or committing, right. forcing five turnovers. But right. you got, yeah, point. you can't come out sloppy like that and beat yourself with penalties, turnovers, drops, things like that. The saints will take advantage of those things. They have not done those things. They're near the bottom of the league in most of those categories in terms of self-inflicted stuff. It's kind of the way they decide to operate on offense. Um, that's, that's what they do. They don't put the ball in harm's way very often. And so, uh, yeah, that's a big component of this matchup for sure. Um, you know, let's look at just looking at the bucks offense, uh, third and points per game, uh, this season, second in yards per game, first in passing yards per game all those numbers rode really well but they're up to 21st in rushing yards per game and 18 hey in yard per attempt so they are almost in the top half of the league in yards per attempt and they've got their work cut out for them this week because the saints are arguably the best run defense in the league the bucks will will take that mantle in terms of yards per game against but in terms of yards per attempt against the saints are actually better than the bucks they're first the bucks are third and yeah. those are flipped when it's it's team yards per game so let's just start there matt the bucks have run the ball more recently than they've run in uh early in the season and they've run it better recently than they've run it in the season some of that is the way teams have played them the eagles for example gave them tons of light boxes mm -hmm. the bears gave them lots of players on the line of scrimmage only one or two second level players. So boom, run the outside zone, run the split zone. You know, the cutback lanes are going to be there. If you can wash everything down really good scheme. The fact that the run scheme has evolved, made it possible for them to run the ball as well as they did. So good signs, good indicators there. The saints aren't going to present some of those same things. They're not probably going to give you a ton of light boxes. Uh, they might play some two eye safeties, but Chauncey Gardner, John, they play in nickel a lot and right. nickels, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, who plays, like a linebacker, to be honest, against the run. And the Bucs have found that out the hard way. So there is that weird personnel aspect with the Saints that are unlike other teams. They can play in dime and stop the run. It makes them really effective as a team because of their, their versatility in that way. They like to go to dime, and instead of rolling their safeties up, they put P.J. Williams in the game at safety with Marcus Williams. They can play a two-high shell put Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Malcolm Jenkins either in the box or in the slot, one in the box, one in the slot, and you've got two elite defensive backs against the run. That's not something other teams can do. It gives the Saints way more versatility to play 15, 20 snaps a game from dime, obviously be effective against the pass, and still be effective uh, against the run as well. That leads to the whole bat where this whole battle is going to be won in my mind, Matt is on first down. Tom Brady kind of squeaked it in there today real quick, and he said the Saints have a lot of <laughs> tough packages, especially on third downs. 100% right, because they'll go to that dime, and it's tough because the Bucs don't want to run on third downs. They don't run on no. third downs at all, and so they want to throw. Now you've got matchup guys across the board. You know, Malcolm Jenkins can cover your tight end and stop the run. He can stack and shed linemen in the box. Like Unique players allow them to do unique things. If you get into third or third and long against them, you're pretty screwed. Right. I, I was going to mention that Brady did bring that up and just, again, talking about all the, the different looks that the Saints will give you. And I think that just speaks to with them 
wanting to stack the box and, and take away the run from the box. That just speaks to all the talent that they have in the secondary because, you know, they're not as worried about covering Mike Evans as most other teams does. And mm-hmm. as you put in a, in a great article today, and we'll talk about as well too, um, the Saints haven't had a ton of issues guarding Mike Evans lately. And I think this is one where if they're going to stack the box and take away the run game, we're going to see a little bit more of the type of box offense that we saw when the run game wasn't necessarily going yet. And um, that's okay because we're in a league now where passing is more important than ever. Um, But I really think this is a week with what I just mentioned about Evans, where they're really, really going to miss Antonio Brown. Cause I think you could look at a game like the, the Eagles game where with no pun intended, but Brown kind of became a crutch towards the end of, you know, they were using him on third down he was making those clutch plays to really help the Bucs come away with the win. And I think if the Saints try to game plan with taking Evans out, um, sure, you know, Chris Godwin is the man, but maybe they try to double team Chris Godwin or obviously play that that nickel and, and be versatile there. Um, another big thing I'm really looking at, and it kind of speaks to winning on first down, and if you're going to run the ball, being efficient there, is um, – the overall third down efficiency, uh, the Bucs are obviously pretty good, 47%. That's fourth best in the league. The Saints getting the stop on third down, that's their uh, 33%, almost 34 That's sixth best, best in the league. So we got two of the top 10 efficient third down offenses and defenses. But the, obviously it's like, oh, yeah, third down, that's important. But the point yeah. I really want to make is the one game that the Bucs lost this season uh, against the Rams, I – personally think third down was the huge decider in that game um i know we're not really going to talk about the bucks defense but the bucks defense could not get off the field when they were playing the rams but on the flip side there were a lot of big moments where with brady uh you know moving down the field the bucks were not able to get those key third downs that you know kept them in the game where the defense could get a little bit more rest there was that big pass play to gronk down the field where they didn't Mm -hmm. get that and yeah. uh, Brady has shown uh, an, an interest in, or I guess a lack of fear of, you know, it could be third and three, and he's still going to throw the ball 20 yards down the field if mm-hmm. he thinks that guy is open. We saw that in the Philly game on that fourth down play. Um, so I'm sure the Saints will take that into account where it's like, okay, let's just stop everything underneath. And if they hit a, you know, a 30-yard play on, on third and short, hats off to you. I don't necessarily think that's like the best game plan for the Bucks there. Um, but I do think, yeah, getting in those third and fives and third and shorts, uh, are, they're, they're always important. But for this type of game is even more imperative than uh, than in recent weeks. Yeah, you're right. Or avoiding third downs altogether. You know, yeah. You've got to be really aggressive on first downs in this game. And that's why I go back to the main point. Talked about how good the Saints are against the run, even though they play dime more than other teams in the league. That's incredibly impressive. Um, I think it's one of the most important things that the Bucs do not try to run the football on first downs predominantly. Like they, It's a change of pace, okay, but this needs to be a pass-first, first-down game, play-action-heavy game. Uh, I think that that's very important that they do that. They were trending up in the play-action area in the last couple of games, and then <laughs> against Chicago, it just went out the window. Five play-action pass right. attempts. Despite the fact that the run was working and the game was in their favor, it felt like the perfect kind of game to go to more play action. They just didn't do it for whatever reason. Um, obviously, didn't have any 
Yeah, yeah can't complain well too anyway. much when he still scored 38 points, even though they could have yeah. scored 50, as many have, uh, right, have right. talked about and, in the Bucks the, organization. You know, there were, yeah, like they've said, there were plenty. That could have easily been a 50 to three type of game. I mean, that's how one sided the whole entire thing was. Um, but the Bucks didn't do, you, you saw it early in the game. I mean, there was not a lot of easy windows for Brady. He completed some passes, even for touchdowns, the back shoulder to Evans, the, you know, the, back shoulder to Godwin on the, on the kind of down the seam in the, in the red, in the goal to go situation. You yeah. Know, those are tough, tight window throws. They make a lot of lot tough of throws, the bucks, yeah. you know, as great as their offense is. And, but you know, it's easier said than done and it's easier against lesser right. opponents playing the saints. I don't think, you know, let's just say if there's 10 difficult throws, I don't think they go seven for 10 on those. And, no. And I think that's why play action is so important because a lot of their easier completions come off play action. So yeah. is some of the stuff they did in week one, they I'd love to see them get back to some of that stuff. I know you don't want to show everything every week, but some sure. of the stuff they did with Godwin in motion and just getting some easy kind of completions off those things, um, you know, make the saints adjust to what they've seen, you know, show them things that different than what they've seen in the past a little bit. I think it's going to be important in this game. The Bucks offense has evolved. So there is differences that the saints are going to have to adjust to that. They probably didn't see last two years. And so it is a different enough looking scheme. Yeah. Like I said, last year's results need to come with somewhat of an asterisk, but I still think this is a super tough matchup for several reasons. You know, I mentioned the run game, and I up it. One of the reasons, one of the fears I have is the Buck kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not winning first down decisively enough. You know, two, three yards, okay, but you need to be winning first down. You need to be getting first downs on first down, to be honest. Yeah. And so that's a that's a big part of this. Can you find your your explosive plays early in the down and distance? Um, I think is going to be a big part of this game. The other crazy part of this is the, what gives in the third down situation when the Bucks are in them. If they can't avoid them all game, and, and you, you usually can't avoid them all game, but it, it was helpful if you can avoid a lot of them. You know they're forty-seven percent on third down this season. That's fourth best in the NFL or the Bucks. On the flip side, the Saints are terrific defensively on third down, thirty-three point seven percent. They're allowing it's tied for sixth best in the league. They've been yeah. great in situational football. That's been a big, big part of their success is how good they are in situational football this season. Uh, right now. They're allowing teams to score on 31% of their drives. It's sixth best in the NFL. And we mentioned that they are first in the NFL in red zone defense as well. Now, only 35.7% for opponents. The Bucs are great in the red zone and they're great on scoring on 46% of their drives go for scores. It's one of the higher marks in the league. So something's got to give in those situational footballs, right? How efficient you are in terms of how often you score on drives, uh, how often you score touchdowns when you're in the red zone, how often you keep continue drives on third downs. That's a huge part of this game. Been a strength for the Bucs Saints defense and for the Bucs offense. So what gives in that matchup is going to be huge here as well. Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's a super fun question that we won't really find out until uh, until Sunday when you have two teams that are so great at a specific thing like third down as, as we both uh, as we both mentioned. I, I'm curious if anyone now that we know that AB is not going to play. Uh, if anyone's really going to be an X factor, like Gronk has practiced and everything, and there's reports that he's going to play this week, but it, I don't think it's a guarantee at this point. So I'm just curious, like outside of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, is this like, uh, you know, a big Tyler Johnson game? Does Cam Bray make a couple of those catches that were he was so close to making last week? Like there was one ball in the end zone. They ended up scoring anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, it's just so funny because you look at, you know, each positional group for both teams, like Bucks offensive line versus Saints defensive line, and it's 
Oh, it's crazy because they're so like evenly matched. Like I personally, I love Demario Davis as a linebacker oh my on gosh. the Saints, <laughs> but I also so freaking good. Yeah, uh, he's the. I wish the Jets never got. I wish yeah. the Jets never let him go in free agency. Um, but like on the flip side, I would really never take anyone over the Bucks wide receivers group. So mm-hmm. this this chess match is is yep. is a fun game, and I'm I'm not buying too much into the. Oh, well, the Saints only beat the Seahawks 13 to 10. Like, I'm not yeah. buying into that. It, this is a different game. There's more emotion to it. Yeah, it is, it is a different game. There's totally different challenges present themselves. Uh, I think it's pertinent, but it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't mean their offense will do the same thing or won't find, you know, Jameis threw a couple of deep balls that should have been caught too. I mean, I guess they were on the same drive, but yeah, you know, they didn't end up coming away with any points on that drive and should have had a touchdown. And later he had a touchdown right in front of him and he ran into three guys for a sack inexplicably <laughs> on a screen. So they ended up kicking a field goal. Yeah. So there were more points to be had out there. And maybe next week they hit those two plays where they didn't hit them this week. So right. it can be that simple sometimes with those things. So always dangerous to just look at the box score and correlate those things. Jonathan Stone, good point here on the $5 Super Chat. Jonathan, we definitely appreciate that Super Chat. He says, this is a type of game where not having A.B. on the field will be really missed. Need Johnson to really step up this game. I completely agree with Jonathan. We're going to talk about that in a second, the absence of A.B. and kind of what that means. We're also going to talk about the injury report because we have it. But before we do that, oh, yeah. let's talk about Pick'em Games on Underdog Fantasy. On Underdog, you can select over or under on player stat lines. You get to pick two correct. You can triple your money. You get a pick five correct. You can win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's very simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download their app. Sign up with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and you build a pick them in seconds. They're going to give you free $10 when you sign up to make your deposit. So you get to try to win money without spending any of your own at first. It's like it literally is a cheat code. So do it. You just have to put your first deposit in. You don't even have to use it right away. You just use the $10 that they give you. And you can play a couple pick see what you get. If you get anything out of it, uh, it's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. I've really enjoyed it. So download the Underdog Fantasy app and sign up with that promo code Peter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your free $10 today with Underdog Fantasy. All right, let's look at this injury report, Matt, because not a whole lot has changed, but some things worth pointing out that have changed. Giovanni Bernard remains a full participant uh, for the Bucks. In practice, Antonio Brown remains not participating. Levante David still limited, and so is Rob Gronkowski. D. Delaney did not participate again in no. practice, so not a great sign for him, even though he said he would. Yeah, it's weird. Team. He said he's he'll be all right. Bruce right. Arians was like, no, he might not yeah. be. So. Right, Bruce Arians just like doesn't know about his ankle. So Sherman uh, is a limited participant. So the Bucks are looking at the possibility of not having Delaney or Sherman in this game. Bruce Arians seemed pretty unconvinced that Sherman would be hundred percent good to go. He left the door open for him. We'll see. He was limited again. Um, I'm pretty worried about Sherman if he's playing less than hundred percent, given the fact that I I would, he already runs four nine. <laughs> yeah. I would put the, uh, if I were going to rank them, like who's going to play and who's not, I'd put Levante, David one Gronk two, Richard Sherman three. I would too. Yep. Completely agree with that. Um, OJ Howard is a full participant, so he moved up from limited to yeah. full. So it doesn't seem like that ankle is a concern. Same with Ndamukong Sue. He was back to full participant. Uh, is that correct? Full participant yeah. in practice after he didn't. Aaron said yesterday. that yesterday, too, that he was going to be back on his regular schedule. Right. JPP is uh, not no going to practice all week. Him. He'll never yeah, practice JPP. again for the rest of the season. But yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. You know, might be right. Yeah. We'll see after the bye. But yeah. Uh, he didn't practice, but he's going to play on Sunday. Um, and then Richard Sherman was limited, I said, and Anthony Nelson was a full participant with whatever's going on with his elbow. But the Saints, 
Deontay Harris moved up from didn't practice, didn't participate on Wednesday to limited on Thursday. So they're testing him out and that hamstring to see if he can go. Taysom Hill did not participate again with a concussion. I would see there being like no path for him to get back. It's a clear protocol. I think you need two days in practice, full pads. Right. Like when pads. Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah. wasn't through protocol, he was still like participating uh, right. to I don't think the most that he could. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's any way he'd get through. So probably no Taysom Hill this week. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, full participant with that hand injury. Uh, Andres Pete is going to be put on IR. He needs surgery on his other left guard. Running left guard will be out. Uh, Peyton Turner uh, did not participate again for this with that calf injury. So he's been dealing with that. And then Dwayne Washington, the backup running back, did not participate either. Um, I think Ken Crawley got placed on COVID list for them. He's like their fifth corner. So not a big right. loss for them uh, right now. And then we'll monitor the rest of it. David Onyemata is back from suspension but has an exemption on the on the list like right now he's like a roster exemption because they're easing him back into practice mode the thought is that he will play this week but there is nothing guaranteed yet as long as he's good to go he should play at least some this week against the bucks um but he's easily their best interior defensive lineman you know you could put him on the plane with cam jordan right now as their best defensive lineman he's been was suspended the first six games of the year for them. So this will be his first game back because they already had their buy. So um, we will see him play probably to some extent, to what extent, uh, not totally sure in this game, but that'll be one to watch for. That's why I leads me to this point, Matt. I don't think the saints low sack numbers and low pressure numbers are any cause for concern. If you're a saints fan, if you're a bucks fan, I wouldn't look at them because Marcus Davenport <laughs> hasn't played much this year. Peyton Turner's right. been hurt a bunch. They didn't have Trey Anderson at first. So Tano Passanios had to play a lot and he's actually done all right. But Cam Jordan has lost a step as a pass rusher, but come on with all those other guys back, he's still effective. Teams can't focus on him as much on Yamada hasn't played. Now he's in the picture. This is a totally different pass rush group, especially if, if, uh, if Peyton Turner finds a way to play than the Saints have had uh, this season so far. This is going to test the Bucs in a lot of different ways. A lot of guys who are big, powerful, and can play multiple spots up front, which means they can run a lot of games and be successful, plus Demario Davis is an elite blitzer. This is a very, very difficult group to scheme against when it comes to pass rush. And now they've got some of their horses back. Davenport was amazing against Seattle. They had five sacks in that game as they were getting back to 100%, and Onyemata didn't even play in that game. So – this is going to be one of the toughest tests of the season for the Bucks' offensive line because of how many good players the Saints have and they can roll out up front. Right, absolutely. And I think uh, I was talking about X-Factors before too with Animata. That, that's, a, that's again, depending on how much he plays, that could change a whole lot. And let's face it with this, the, I hate to say it, but like the Bucks' offensive line has been so amazing lately yeah. that like they're almost due to – Maybe not necessarily have a bad game, but not be as like not stellar, give up zero zacks, which right is, you know, as stellar as they have been. And also the Bucks as a team have just been different at home versus on the road, no matter who their opponent is. And I do think that why I don't think it'll ultimately be the deciding factor, you do have to uh at least think about, you know, you're on the road at the dome. That place is gonna be, you know, a wild atmosphere, especially for being it being like Halloween weekend and everything like that. And a lot of the times when the Bucks have struggled this year, it's been because of like communication issues on both sides of the ball. Like it doesn't matter, you know, whether it was the, the big touchdown by Deshaun Jackson or, um, you know, just missed blocking assignments by a running back that has led to a sack by Tom Brady. 
um, that communication will always be a big thing for every single team. But I think that's something we've seen as a, I don't want to say like a, a, a week by week type of situation, but when the bucks have gotten in trouble, that's usually where you could pinpoint it. That and penalties have really been the issue. Yeah, I agree. Those things have led to some of their, issues on offense when they've had them, uh, especially with consistency drive to drive. Um, really tough matchups up front, though. Yep, I think it's going to be very challenging. This is a matchup that's always challenged Donovan Smith. Big, longer guys. He can't overpower people as much as he does with speed rushers a lot of the time. Um, he'll be challenged by some of these guys for sure. I mean, Carl Granderson beat him last year for a sack. He's playing a lot better than he played then, but uh, it's going to be big challenges up front. We're going to find out a lot about this O-line and just how good they really are uh, over the next couple games because Washington, uh, even though they haven't played well as defense, their defensive line is still good coming out of the bye. So we'll find out a lot about them in those games. But that's a key matchup in this one. Brady getting the ball out quickly is going to be important. Um, let's talk about the the reasons why I think that'll be a little bit harder than usual, though. Antonio Brown not playing in this yeah. game. Gary asked, did A.B. play against the Saints last year? He didn't play in week one, obviously. He wasn't on right. the team yet. And then he, his first he- game with the Bucks was the blowout game. Yeah, so, <laughs> crazy. To he think. didn't even know the offense, and he didn't. Yeah, he he played, but not much. You know, like yeah, compared he didn't to play what he plays now, right? Right. And then right, he didn't play right. in the. He got hurt like almost early. right away in the playoff game early because he because he, he missed the NFC Championship. Yeah, and I because believe he got hurt. I believe he got hurt on like the first or second drive of the game. Yeah, and he tried to play was, a little bit more, I think, and then came out of the game. He played 19 passing snaps, whatever you want to. Uh, against the saints in the playoffs. So yeah, he really has not played much. And I think that not having him as himself for the games against the, yeah, it's big. It's a big deal. It's It's a big deal. It's like I mentioned before, you can look at games like the Philly game where it wasn't single-handedly done by Antonio Brown, but when it mattered most, Tom Brady was going to Brown for that, you know, that third down conversion that essentially let them run out the clock and, and win the game. Like, I don't think there's really been any question when Antonio Brown is healthy and, and playing, that he's the receiver that Tom Brady, it looks like, just feels the most comfortable with throwing the ball. And he's making the big splash plays, whether it's over the middle or whether he's beating guys deep. And he's he just, just does such a, a mismatch guy. Like the yeah. same like to mix coverages. And he, and- he does such a great job, too, of, well, yeah, as you talk about mixing coverages, like he finds the spot in the zone so well, or he knows like, okay, well, Brady's rolling out. Let me get in between like right here. Mm-hmm. And he's just, his feel for the game is, is, is really something to to watch. Yeah. It is. It's, it's huge not to have this game because again, like if you get into those third down situations, you don't have a B okay. Tyler Johnson out there, you go two tight end sets. I mean, it's harder now because you're talking about two elite slot defenders, really, and Malcolm Jenkins and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Right. And you've still got two safeties with range and ball skills and P.J. Williams and Marcus Williams back there. So you get into really hard spots if you get if you don't win on first downs against the Saints, and it gets even harder because you don't have Antonio Brown. When he'd be on the field on pretty much every one of those third downs, now you have Tyler Johnson, who is a good player, but he is not the problem solver that Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's not a knock. Come on, like we're talking about Antonio. Right. Brown, yeah. So, I mean, so it's he's a been big on deal. the Madden cover. Damn it. Yeah. Like you can't not, compare a guy. Right. I mean, the Buck, <laughs> the Saints are literally four deep at safety if you count, depending on what you consider Chauncey Gardner Johnson, even though he right. always plays in the slot. So let's say three deep at safety, like the similarly to the box, I would say, but then also are four deep at corner and they're healthy there right now. Bradley Roby is out there kind of splitting time with Paulson Adebo. Uh, also, more obviously, Marshawn Lattimore and then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson plays all of his snaps in the slot. 
they just have rare matchup potential for a team like the Bucs. So if the Bucs are fully healthy, it's this great kind of battle. But without Scotty and without Antonio Brown, you're a lot thinner now. Is Jalen Darden ready for a battle like this? I don't know. That's one of the things we may have to find out because the Bucs may need to use some of those types of sets um, and, and put more wide receivers in coverage to discourage the Saints from some of their blitzes or put more wide receivers in the routes to discourage the Saints from some of those blitzes. It might be something that we see, but not having a B for a game against the Saints, I would argue just because of the way the Saints play, it's a bigger deal than any other game on the schedule. Um, so fans have heard a lot of the negative stuff now and a lot of stuff why it'll be hard. We have a couple more things to get through, though. This just has not been historically a good, like, Mike Evans stats are bad. I don't feel great about this game. To be, <laughs> like, totally honest with you, I just, I'm very confident in the Bucks in, like, the long haul. Yeah. I don't feel great about this one. I'm not yeah. saying they're going to lose. I'm just, like, I don't know. I don't. I... Well, we'd just be remiss if we didn't talk about Mike Evans' struggles in this yeah. game, right, in this matchup, because it's been such a huge part of everything for the Bucs, right? I mean, they for years, they was kind of what they run, they run through Evans in a lot of ways. And, I mean, he's had, in his last four games against the Saints, or his game, all his games under the Bruce Arians tenure, you know, it just had been yeah. nothing. And Arians has tried different things. He's put him in the slot. He's moved him around. He's had him run shorter routes. He's all kinds of stuff. Um, it just hasn't really worked very well for Mike Evans in this matchup. Marshawn Lattimore's followed him, and Marshawn Lattimore's definitely gotten the better of this matchup. There's no doubt about it. That's a big deal to Evans. I think he a fully healthy Evans, which he probably wasn't for either of the matchups last year. What definitely wasn't for either of the matchups last year. That's a big deal. You know, yeah. for the playoff game, he was healthy again, but still was coming off that knee again in the end of the regular season. He played the whole year hurt and still yeah. led the team in touchdown reception. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So we should give him that asterisk and we should leave the door open for the possibility that he could be better. But yeah, against the Saints in 13 career games, he averages three and a half catches, 51 yards and 0.3 touchdowns. And his numbers against since Arians have gotten worse, and I don't think it's Arians' fault. I'm just tying the regimes together. Um, he had six catches for 69 yards in three games against the Saints last year. Did catch two goal line touchdowns, yeah. so that deserves to be said. But basically 64 of his yards against the Saints in three games came right. in garbage time during the 38-3 really, loss. Like I'm he not, hasn't done anything right. I'm not knocking Mike Evans, but he had like a huge game against Lattimore like two or three seasons ago. And everyone always points as that game. It's like Mike Evans dominates Marshawn Lattimore. And you know, if Bucks fans want to like put that out there, sure. I'm not going to like be like, no, actually this is what went on. But then since that game, there's really been like a big turnaround, but keep posting that one because I'm all about positivity for the Bucks. Um, <laughs> well, I think Chris Godwin's yeah, going to go just a game of his life, right? I mean, he's got a, he's played outside a little bit more the last couple of weeks. His snaps are basically even between the slot and the outside the last three weeks. So that needs to continue. They need to keep him outside where if Lattimore is going to take Evans and Evans is going to play a lot outside, Godwin needs to be on that matchup against Paulson Adebo or, um, or Paulson Adebo or Bradley Roby. They've been like weirdly yeah. rotating those two guys. And Adebo's a rookie. That's the weak spot. Attack him. He's not been great. He's been okay. He's not been great. Um, you, you can exploit him for sure. Um, Roby is a good player. He's opportunistic, but again, it's a matchup. Godwin good and could win. If you put him inside, he can handle work inside too. But, uh, you know, I would just rather have him against one of those two than and have Tyler Johnson working with John C. Gardner Johnson there. The saints will play man. They will play zone. They will 
do a lot of different stuff. Um, so you got to be ready for lots of different coverages. Um, very different, difficult defense schematically. And one of the big reasons why it's a difficult defense schematically is because of Demario Davis. This guy is Love that guy. unbelievable. I mean, he, he can, he drops in, he has unbelievable feel in coverage, despite the fact that he probably, I know Brady said he was a really good athlete today, but he, he's probably just like a solid athlete per NFL standards for most linebackers these days, but he's unbelievable against the run and he's unbelievable against the pass. He's the pillar of their defense, heart and soul guy. He's going to have them incredibly juiced for this game. So it's going to be a very fun matchup. I feel really good about the fact that the Bucs, when they do get into like opportunistic run situations, I think they've been really good in those spots this year. Like if they get in second and short and they get in, I know they failed on the goal line a couple times last week, but I think it was way more you know, having Josh Wells and OJ Howard getting run over than it was the starters. The starters are playing right. as well as a run blocking group as I've ever seen them play um, since my time covering the Bucs. So that bodes well for them. The fact that their, their offensive line is, healthy and playing as well as they have together bodes really well for the bucks um that gives them i think more of a chance to be successful offensively but the matchups are hard um in terms of the passing game and that's where they need to win gronkowski what does he add to this matchup matt that's going to be something that we're going to take a look at here in a second but first before we do that i want to talk about uh spotify green room because spotify green room is the place where you can go to take the mic and you can talk about music sports culture uh all that kind of stuff live on spotify green room uh so you can download it on the app store you can try it get it on google play uh you can jump in there to the spotify green room and you can uh, give your thoughts and your opinions um on nfl nba music culture all kinds of things just find a chat room that appeals to you jump in you grab the mic it's pretty cool stuff you can follow pewter report on there and get the notifications for when pewter report uh goes live on spotify green room so all right Gronkowski, what does he bring to this game that Maybe we he didn't play well in any of the Saints games last no. year. Just was not good for him at all. Week he's one, a, week he's nine, a blocking playoffs. tight end, baby. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating though, Matt Evans. Godwin, but that's fine. Gronkowski, Brady, none of them played well in any of the three games against <laughs> the Saints last year. And then you look at the Saints side of it. Breeze wasn't really great in any of those games either. He's fine yeah. in the two regular. I mean, he didn't have an games, arm, but, but yeah. yeah, he didn't have to do anything. Michael Thomas, who isn't even going to play in this game, almost certainly. Well, that's because Carl. Well, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, everyone but loves Carlton produce... Davis. Michael Thomas. Well, Carlton Davis dominates Michael Thomas, right. but yeah, stinks, Lamar uh, didn't really produce. Like Traquan Smith was has the best numbers of any of the players <laughs> in this game from Pat from last year's games or even the year before. Like. None of the stars have produced in this matchup. It's been kind of a I kind of like that though. Across you know? the board for it. This, yeah. This is all about depth. You know, maybe Giovanni Bernard has a has Look a huge last game. year. Who made the big plays in the playoff game? Tyler Johnson with a back shoulder catch. Yeah. Scotty Miller down the field on that field goal drive. Those guys made the clutch plays. Cam Brady had 50 yards receiving. He led them in that game with 50 yards receiving. Like that. I love it. Winning those different are the guys ways, who made the you know? plays. Winning yeah, different ways. It shows you need a shows you need a whole roster. I think that's exactly right. I think that's what Brady's going to have to do. The Saints have such good depth in terms of coverage pieces and the ability to match up that, yeah, what did he do? He find the guy Alex Anzalone was covering, and he threw right. that guy a lot of the time <laughs> last year. And Anzalone's gone, but some of those issues remain for them in terms of that other covered linebacker spot. And you know the backs will catch the ball in this one. The backup tight ends will catch the ball in this one. Tyler Johnson will catch the ball in this one. Um, the Saints are going to focus heavily on Mike Evans and probably stopping Chris Godwin too. And they're going to leave those other guys with matchups that they need to be able to win. They need to catch the ball consistently been an issue for break this year, which I never thought I would say I know. <laughs> been an issue for, uh, for Fournette. It's always an adventure. Um, and he leads the team, but he's been right good now. lately. And I, I do think as well too, 
Uh, there's something to be said about like a guy playing in his, you know, technical hometown and stuff like that. I think Leonard Fournette playing in New Orleans. Uh, not, I'm not saying he's gonna go, go for like 200 all-purpose yards and stuff like that. But I don't know. Yeah. I look into that stuff, and I, and I think it, I think it changes some things. And uh, yeah, like Fournette obviously has been a huge catalyst for this offense outside of AB's huge games and, uh, you know, Mike Evans having a monster game. Also, you were talking about Chris Godwin before. He has, like, the most quietly great games. You know, like, he went over 100 yards last week, has a touchdown, and everyone's like, oh, Mike Evans, three touchdowns. And not that it should be taken away from Mike, but it's just uh, it's crazy how, like, nonchalant Chris Godwin is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, shout out to Nathaniel, who's enjoying some Celsius heat, there we go. Fruit, strawberry dragon fruit, ant fruit, and creamsicle. That's, that's a what a great combination, Nathaniel. You just made a very wise decision. I think you'll really enjoy that for sure. Um, this is a tough matchup for both sides of the ball, honestly. The only thing that gives me some hope for the Saints on offense is the fact that the Bucks have. Lord knows who coming out of corner this week, and I'll yeah, be. So, <laughs> I don't know whether that's what that guy had a pick out. last week. I know, yeah. Look, I mean, the Saints hardly have a formidable wide receiver group. Well, yeah, James is gonna be but, screaming at all that. I know, again, that's not right. making so, plays. So. That's right. The the X factor is I don't know, you, you call him an X factor, but I mean Tom Brady. If he plays really really well, they protect the football. Um, you know, these guys they could still be sabotaged with drops and penalties and right. things like that. But Brady's got to play really well, I think. Um, you know, the last two games he's been fine, but I think he can play better than that. And I think he's got to be really good for them to win this game, to be honest. Um, because I don't think that the current iteration of Jameis, unless he falls apart and crumbles and reverts against his old team and maybe seeing not... like the Bucks, you know, logos maybe. and uniforms, he's like, All right, I just gotta chuck it, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe he'll throw um, it out of bounds and like yeah. throw it to Mike Evans or something. Yeah, like I just that. think and right now they are kind of limiting him so much that it's harder for him to screw up than ever before. And as long yeah. as that continues and they don't have an early deficit in the game, that changes things when they have an early deficit. But they don't have an early deficit in the game. Then, yeah, I think that this one is going to be kind of tight the whole way and uh, how it goes down in the end is going to be very interesting. But I think, yeah, it's a tough matchup that Brady needs to come out. I mean, he's been great under pressure. He's a lot of big time throws this year. Uh, very few turnover worthy, only one turnover worthy throw, which I think, Bruce Arians said with the Eagles interception. And I think Bruce Arians said AB, he said on Bucks Total Access that AB kind of broke off the route too early. And that was part mm-hmm. of the reason there. But it was a throw too. Um, so yeah, I think that needs to be a big part of this is, is their ability to do those kind of things. Um, because yeah, the Saints defense, not all it holds in it. And matchup wise, they're probably the best defense in the league in terms of how they match up with the Bucks um across the board and what the Bucks like to do. It's a tough matchup. So can Leftwich figure this thing out? That's gonna be the big question matt as we get into this matchup we'll talk about that a little bit in a second but i know that we've got some other things going on including our friends over at livinggolflife.com they're launching a few new products recently aren't they matt that is right uh i'm a big fan of living golf life and not just because they're a, a sponsor of the peter report podcast but everything that they're about just uh being a lifestyle brand and obviously a, a golf brand but their logos and apparels uh, are super comfortable. Their polos, I wear it all the time. You can wear it to like literally any event. Doesn't just have to be a golf outing. Um, their hats are awesome. I actually have one with me that I will show uh, when I'm back on the camera. They got hats, koozies, mugs. Um, they're all about just having a good time, being out with your friends, out on the links, playing golf. Um, the company was started in January of 2021 by. Uh, two guys with military backgrounds and a, a police officer 
as well. Um, so they're all about good causes. You could see them all the time. They're sponsoring a ton of different uh, golf outings for all tremendous causes, uh, wounded warriors. Um, just all like you look it up and check out their Instagram. You could see uh, all the different uh, projects that they're they're working on and, and charities that they're mm-hmm. trying to raise money for. So uh, make sure you go to livinggolflife.com. Check out all their apparel, like this hat right here. I'm a big fan of this hat. It's a trucker hat going on. Um, check out their Instagram. They're always doing a lot of giveaways. And go to livinggolflife.com to uh, purchase all of your uh, apparel. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a great question from Josh here. $5 Super Chat. We really appreciate it. But Thank you, thoughts Josh. on Darden having a bigger role simulating some of AB's yak shiftiness, rub route screens. We just mentioned it, right? Like the depth players play a big role in games like this. And yeah. have for both teams, Deontay Harris had some of the biggest games last year for the Saints, biggest plays, I'm sorry, last year for the Saints. Traquan Smith had big plays last year for the Saints. Um, your Jared Cook's been a guy that has had plays in the past for the Saints, obviously not on this team. Adam Troutman had a touchdown in last year's game. Uh, this is, again, it's been that kind of a matchup, Matt, yeah. where the no-names have really kind of ruled the matchup. And so – Darden I'm gonna put a prop bet on uh on like one of the random guys to score. Oh, the ran- yeah, I mean yeah. you should, but Darden has been kind of I mean what he's their sixth receiver, really. Like, right. I mean he's only been about- active for what yeah. two games? We could say we want about Jaden Mickens being down now, but I mean obviously Mickens is still you know, we'll see what happens to this game. I'm sure he'll be up with some of the injuries, but um yeah, or Cyril Grayson maybe will be up. Maybe they'll have two guys. I don't know what they're going to have up, to be honest. But Cyril Grayson playing over Jaden Mickens is crazy. I, I just – I know uh, Scott's feelings about Cyril well, Grayson. He'll probably catch That's a ball. That's the player. I mean, yeah. the dude's never done anything in a game. What are we doing? Front of He's fast. Jaden Mickens is clearly better than Cyril Grayson. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, Jalen Darden's gonna have to play in this game. Like they, He's their fourth receiver now. And yeah. they wouldn't like that to be the case, but – I think whether he's ready for this matchup offensively is kind of a sneaky big part of this game. You know what, John? Um, like it'll get overlooked, but um, he got some more snaps at the end of the game because it was a, of last week's game because it was a blowout and Blaine Gabbard, you know, everyone's favorite quarterback outside of Tom Brady was in the game. And I actually asked Arden about that. Like how much did that help just getting some extra snaps playing receiver when you know you're not really going to be in there too much unless it's a situation like the Bucks are in right now. And you gotta you gotta think too, um obviously everyone knows the the, the punt return that he had it now leads the league in, in the NFL for like the longest punt return. But he also had a nice little gadget play where he got a ball on the end around, went for eleven yards and a first down. So I, th- I think that was important for him, even though he wasn't involved as much, just to get those reps out there because they could he could be like how Tyler Johnson was last season where they needed him for like one or two big games. That could be Jalen Darden this season. I'm not even going to say it's going to go down a- in Sunday's game. Um, but because he's so electric and he's so fast, they could need him down the road and maybe start implementing some more of those. Uh, I don't want to call them trick plays, but just mm-hmm. something different that we don't really see. Where, all right, right now, not too much Jalen Darden. December, Darden could be the next Scotty Miller. Darden could be a guy that, all right, he's in the game. Like, let's the crowd gets excited. Let's mm-hmm. see what he's going to do now and could, could really pop off. So, this is a huge moment for him. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, uh, it's low key game where Jalen Darden, you could really make an impact if he can 
if he's ready, right? If he understands, if he has that the yeah. IQ part of it down. Uh, if not, it could be you know, screwing things up. Like I said, the Saints, they don't make things easy for receivers reading coverages either. You know, that's a problem the Bucks have run in two years and years in a row. Yeah. Like the receivers reading coverages and adjusting their routes accordingly has been a big issue against the Saints. So they need to be just all details tweak. The Bucs are a great team. They sometimes are not those detail-oriented team. Like I think Bruce Arians, if you know anything about his coaching style, that sometimes those are just realities of him being a coach. Like if you look at some of those details over the years, and even the way he describes his coaching style, like he's not Bill Belichick. He's said that over and over again in interviews. <laughs> I just heard an interview with him and Colin Coward where he talked about how the fact, you no, know, he's out of there at certain times. And I think those things are good. And um, but I do think that sometimes details in a matchup like this one the saints yeah. are very very good at the details um can be really important um so we're getting to prediction time and we're getting to the time where we're gonna have to put our predictions out there scott put his out there yesterday he picked the bucks to win i forget what he said the score was going to be but um he did pick the bucks to win he thinks Jameis falls apart and reverts back to old Jameis, which is possible that's like the huge x factor is yeah. just Jameis like right now he's not actively helping or hurting his team does he become the guy that actively hurts his team? If so, then I think the Bucs will. Um, but I'm not sure Sean Payton's going to let him do that. <laughs> and if the Bucs can't get an <laughs> early lead, which uh, depends on the week, it's you know, it's not been consistently a strength, but they have done it a few times, then, um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, before we do that, uh, we have one more sponsor for today's Loaded Thursday show, and it's our friends over <laughs> at Pin Chasers with the unbelievable bowling league that we're doing and this outstanding wing pizza. I'm going to take my family, I think, to one of our – New, one of our ne- upcoming bowling night events because this looks like an awesome time yeah do it up man uh pin chasers is a great place to as you just mentioned bring out the family or just go out for a night with your friends um they have different events going on literally all the time like tonight is uh all you can bowl after nine o'clock and uh dollar miller lights so thursday night great Thursday night matchup tonight with the Packers and the Cardinals. Go out with your friends, get some pitchers, oh, yeah. get some Miller Lights, and bowl unlimited. Um, Tuesday nights, they got uh, all-you-can-eat pizza after 9 o'clock. Another great deal right there. The Bowling oh, League yeah. is on Wednesday, so we had a very fun time. Uh, we're going to be having giveaways and everything like that coming up next week. So we still got room for another team or two. If you guys want to come out, um, talk some Bucks football, a lot of Bucks Saints conversation. I know they have a bye next week, but we could talk about free agency, which we're going to be talking about a lot next week, and all the other upcoming matchups and, and questions that you might have. Uh, we'll be talking a lot of mm-hmm. Buccaneers football at the Peter Report Bowling League. Uh, so make sure you go to pinchasers.net if you want to uh, reserve a lane on another night and check out the website, see what else they have to offer. And uh, yeah, Pin Chasers Bowling League every Wednesday at the Pin Chasers on Armenia. Uh, check it out and just check out Pin Chasers for a very fun event each time you go. Oh, that's great stuff. Love it. Uh, here's the deal, Matt. You've got to pick this game before I do. So go. <laughs> I have to pick it first. I'm, okay. I'm putting you on this. No, I'm just, you don't have to if you don't want to. No, I'm doing prepared? it. Oh, are you ready? Okay. Oh, right. yeah, I'm prepared. So that's prediction. Here we go. I want to see a game for the Bucks where, you know, this is, I think, more than just your typical game against the Falcons or the Dolphins and some of these runaway games. Um, the games that I say are games you got to get up for. The Bucs have had a couple this season. Um, the opener against Dallas because they're a good team. The game against the Rams, again, because they're a good team. Uh, Bucks against New England, we all know the storyline there. Most of those times, the Bucs 
haven't really gotten up for it. You know, they won the Dallas game. They passed that test, but they also had a lead that they squandered and they let Dallas kick that field. They let uh, Dallas score at the end where Brady had to lead them back and, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. kick the field goal to win that game. They lost against the Rams and they obviously, it was a very close game against the Pats. It came down to a missed field goal. Um, I want to see the Bucs get up for this game because obviously, sure, there's the whole Jameis storyline, but I think we're overlooking too. Like first place in the NFC South is pretty much on the line here. The Bucs at six and one. Um, they're only one loss ahead of the Saints. So if the Saints beat them, they'll both have two losses. Saints have just played one less game. Um, I think we're overlooking that a little bit. Um, but because the Bucs haven't played that well on the road and they haven't gotten up for these big games, I do think they're going to win, but it's going to be very, very close. And I think the Saints cover the spread of four and a half. So I'm going to take the Bucs to win 23-21. A little bit lower, a little bit all over the place, backup guys making plays and winning. It'll be very close. But again, the Bucs are the champs, so going to pick them. I like your score prediction. Thank I think you. that's more the range that this game's going to be played in. I don't think we're going to see 30, you know, 34 to no. 20 or 34 to 30 or something like that. I think we're going to see more of a low scoring game. It's going to be points are going to be earned the hard way in this one, especially in the red area. I got to tell you, Matt, this is a hard one. Before the year, I picked the Rams to be a loss. I picked. Well, I'm trying to remember. No, I, I picked, picked the, the Rams. Before the year, I picked the Patriots to be a loss. But I picked the Rams to be a loss once the season started. Um, so I'm six and zero this year, or seven and zero, whatever it is at this point. Picking box games this year, and so there's that pressure to keep that up. Yes, yeah, you've mentioned that. And I, I'm an I'm an analytically driven, paper, you know, statistically driven, tape driven person. And the Bucks have the better team on tape, the more talented roster on tape. And a lot of the numbers are in their favor, especially the numbers that say offense matters more than defense. When great offense meets great defense, great offenses typically win. Um, And the Saints have all kinds of offensive issues across the board. Their issues offensively are very obvious, and they only have two things they're really doing well right now offensively. (laughs) And so they just, they aren't even running the ball at a dominant level. So here's what I keep coming back to this gut feeling that the Bucs drop a game that they probably shouldn't against the team that they, it does it happens every year to every team. It doesn't yeah. mean they're not still going to be the Jets great beat the Titans. The yeah, well, <laughs> the Jets it, beat the it, Titans and the Titans beat the Ravens and the Bills. Who the Bills Jets beat last win. year? The Jets beat who they beat last year at the end of the regular the season. Rams, I think that the they Rams won. Ca- they won in yeah. California, so it's either the Rams or the Chargers. <laughs> anyway, it happens every year where this kind of thing happens. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I think the Bucks are going to lose. I think the Saints are going to win this game. I think it's going to be. They've played lower level competition for the last three weeks, and I think. That sometimes leaves you a little bit unprepared for this, uh, for a matchup like this. I think there's a lot of factors in here, including the fact that the Bucs are playing in the road and they just have not played that well on the road. And the Saints are a little bit better prepared to yeah. be able to handle things when the Bucs make those mistakes. So I know I got booed out when I said they were going to lose to the Rams earlier this year. Too, hey, I, I respect you not pandering. I, I, it is, it is hard because I desperate, I really want the Bucs to win this game. I, do not want to even hit it for one second of Jameis conversation next week. It drives me nuts as it is. I don't know how y'all have done this for as long as you have. So I, this is probably the game more than any other game this year where I've really like honestly, genuinely just being honest, want the Bucs to win. But And I think they will win the next matchup between the two teams. And I think the Bucs will only lose one other game the rest of this year. And I think they'll finish 14 and three and we'll see where that puts them in the seeding conversation. But I think, yeah, they lose this game because the Saints – 
haven't really beat them. So I think it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be one of those games that makes you want to pull your hair out. Similar to the way the Patriots did game did, but I think maybe this one they leave. And then they go into the bye week. They get serious about getting better on the road. They come out of the bye week much better. They play much better on the road. I don't think they lose a road game the rest of the – yeah, I don't think they lose a road game the rest of the season off the bye week. But I think right now I'm, I'm still hung up on the fact that this has not looked like the same offense, especially on the road. That That is frustrating to me because I can't even quantify that, Matt. That doesn't make any sense. Like being in a different building, come on. Sometimes like, it doesn't have to. It's it, just – It you know. drives me crazy. So I would say this, this final score – 20 make it like a scoregami 24 to 21 make it like 10 8 <laughs> saints win on a field goal at the end of the game 10 9 something like that uh long lost glazer says who did john pick the last time the bucks versus the saints he is actually remembering this wrong i picked the bucks to beat the saints in the playoffs last year and i actually got all the saints games right last year i picked the bucks to beat the Saints in the playoffs last year, and the Bucs did beat the Saints in the playoffs, as I predicted. The game that I got wrong last year, Long Lost Glazer, was the Packers game. I picked the Packers to win the NFC Championship game. I thought they would win, and the Bucs proved me wrong in that game. That was the only other game I got wrong last year was the Bears game, which was disgusting. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I don't think uh, many people had uh, the Bears in that one. So Yeah. Um, so people strongly disagree. Just me, Pooh Shimmy says, I've never been mad at any of your picks before, but this one I have to strongly disagree with shaking my head. Someone I mean, like, what are you going to do? You going to pick the bucks every single week? <laughs> no, Scott was the one long lost Glazer. Scott picked the Bucks to lose to the saints in the playoff game last year. That's probably who you're thinking of. Um, I, I was like, nah, they're winning that game. I felt like they had it solved at that point defensively that the saints were not going to be able to overcome their saints were just playing bad on offense at that point. I thought, um, yeah, Terrence Davis, right point. Do you guys want to say who he thinks will win or just who you think? Right. Will win? Yeah. I'm trying to be exactly. honest. Like, I don't think the Bucs yeah. are gonna go. You're not you're not pandering. You're not yeah, pandering. Like, eventually we're gonna have to get up here and say we think the Bucs are losing the game. And this is one that I think has happened. And I still feel yeah. great about him as being the best team in the NFC. And I still feel great about the rest of their season. I don't th- I think every team loses games that they shouldn't during the season. This is gonna be one of those against a team that is not a trash team. This is a good football team. Um, that is very well coached. And I think that's going to be the situation. So we'll see what happens. We'll have our full preview and predictions uh, coming out um, on uh, this weekend at pewterreport.com. We'll have my some of my thoughts uh, written down and, and Matt's. And, but we'll get Paul and JC and Casey. We'll get their predictions as well. You heard Scott's, a little bit of Scott's yesterday. We'll see if he changes his mind on anything um, going into to Sunday. But should be an, a great game. Very excited for it. Um, it's 425 kickoff. So the pewter pregame show will start at 3:30 with myself. Well, JC, Casey, we'll have a bunch of people on the pewter pregame show because it's an away game. So the whole crew will be intact. It'll be fun. It's fun. Um, and then in game from the start of the game at 425 onward, um, we'll have myself and Paul Atwal with the X's and O's and the analysis, the live in-game analysis and all of that breaking things down as we go. So um, it'll be a lot of fun going through the game. And then afterward, about 45 minutes to an hour after the game, we'll have the Peter post game. Will you, uh, will you be wearing a costume during the live stream? Ooh. Ooh. Um, if the bucks win, you should paint your face like a clown. <laughs> that's true. I can do that. I'm fine with that. If I have enough time getting, 
right. all your content. I'll, I'll have my wife paint while I'm editing my face. Yeah, I mean, the stories. a lot of these, a lot of people in the comments oh, are mad at you. That'd be kind of I'll, funny. I'll eat that L, as James would say. I'll eat that L, <laughs> and the fans are gonna love it if it happens because I can see they want to tar and feather me right now. But right. Um, no, that's I think is gonna go down. So we'll uh, we'll have all that coming for you next week, and then Monday we'll have the reaction pod, and then two Wednesday and Thursday next week will be very heavy free agency focused off-season focus shows for the Bucs. We'll talk a lot about each player that's going to be a free agent for them. They have a ton of them. We'll go through the Peter Report crew on Wednesday's show, and we'll just talk kind of roundtable style. Do you think they're coming back? Why? Why not? Um, and, and just kind of get everybody's opinions on that stuff. And then Thursday, we'll have Brad Spielberger on from Pro Football Focus, salary cap and contract expert. He will give us kind of more insight as he did last offseason when he came on and said, the Bucs can really bring everybody back. It's definitely possible. And we were like, what? No way. And then he was right. Um, so he'll come back, he'll come on and he'll give us kind of an idea of what it would look like to bring around most of those guys. That'll be next Thursday on the show. So this will be 4 p.m. Eastern as well. So we're excited for that one. So we appreciate everybody jumping in on the shows throughout the week. This is a great week on the show and uh, everybody jumping in has been huge support to us. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again on Sunday on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Happy Halloween, everyone. Check my social media and see what my costume is. <laughs>